Hi everyone, this is David Wolf. I'm excited to get right into this week's episode of Beyond the Summit, but before we do that, I want to ask you for a little help supporting the show, and it costs absolutely nothing to you except 10 seconds of your time right now. If you could go into the podcast platform that you are listening to this episode on and rate the show with five stars, that would help spread the word and the incredible messages that our guests give to us each and every week. You can leave a comment or review of what you thought about previous episodes or wait to the end of the show and leave your review then. Now look, if you don't like the episode, when you're done, you can go ahead and change your rating as well. That's perfectly fine. But thanks so much again for listening to Beyond the Summit and supporting the podcast each and every week. We did a lot of uh, $100 hamburgers. Do you have any crazy stories about that? When I was a teenager, I was a hellion. And next thing you know, I'm walking out with a guy in handcuffs. Yeah, let's talk about that. The only time I've ever been scared to death. I say it's like riding motorcycles through the sky. YouTube was a big uh, factor in me getting to where I am today. It's like cheating, isn't it? Welcome to Paramotor Life. I am your host, David Wolf. This podcast is for the paramotor enthusiast of all levels. Whether you are a top-rated pilot competing in competitions around the world, the person who just learned about the sport, or all the other pilots in between, this show is for you. Each Monday, we will discuss paramotor flying and talk with experts from around the world about their flying locations, the gear they recommend, and the newest technologies that are changing in the sport. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. I listened to the podcast till I fell asleep. Did you? <laughs> so what'd you think of it? I, I liked it. I liked it. It put me to sleep, but I was really tired anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe you'll listen when you're awake. Yeah. This is podcast number four. And uh, that's my, my friend Rick Davies. And you know what's kind of, I was thinking about this the other day. So we've been friends, what, three, four, four years at least. At least. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's 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 one of those friendships where I always feel like, yeah, there's nothing I couldn't confide in this person, right? You probably don't feel that way about me, but that's cool. Oh, yeah. do you? Okay. But it's like, now if you think back, I bet we have only been together, physically together, maybe 10 times in the last four years. That weird. Yeah. So there's that. But we're going to, uh, there's a lot of stuff we're going to unpack. And you know what? It's, I'm finding out already with doing the podcast and recording them, people that I've been friends with for a while, I'm finding out stuff I never knew about them. So I can't wait to dig deep into your history, Rick Davies. But uh, what did you say? Deep, deep. Before we do that, though, I want to talk about something that's uh, for this podcast that's been in the works and I've been talking about it through the first three podcasts. Uh, up until this point, this podcast has been known as Paramotor Life. And, you know, me and, and my friend Greg have been talking about this much bigger vision that this isn't just going to be for paramotor pilots. Although in my circle of friends, a lot of them are paramotor pilots. So a lot of the guests will be people that have flown or are in the paramotor community, but uh, a lot, some of them will not be. So as we take these blinders off so that we're not just focused on paramotors, we want this to reach everybody because there's a lot of life lessons that are going to be learned from this. It's going to inspire a lot of people wherever life has taken you. So the new name, Rick, is going to be called Beyond the Summit. Whole new logo. That will be uh, starting next week. You'll be able to see that because I want people to be able to still find the podcast. 
Are you going to interview some mountain climbers? No, I, well, maybe, who knows? <laughs> it could. But here's why, you know, beyond the summit. I mean, there's some deep things to this. And, and when you also see the logo, you're like, wow, that's, it makes a lot of sense too. So beyond the summit, this is powerful because it implies that once you have reached what you consider to be the summit, there is something higher, deeper to be found. And it hints at the idea that there is way more to the summit than the summit itself. That there are things beyond view, which contributed to reaching the summit, core fundamental human principles, which were in place or developed over time. Also, reaching the summit allows you to see further. You know, if you think about once you get to the top of that mountain, you can see beyond that and Maybe there's another summit ahead of you. Essentially, though, you are the mountain and the summit is the human potential within all of us. So while sometimes it's difficult to see the best roadmaps to success for ourselves by learning what directions other people have taken to finding their own success, we can gain more clarity of the path we ourselves need to take to find our own success and happiness. And part of the reason I wanted Rick on is because Rick, like many people, have worked the blue collar job and wanted to pursue their dreams, right? Okay. And we're going to dig deep into that. And so Rick owns Florida Flight Sports. He has a partner named Tony. We'll talk about that a little bit too. Rick, prior to starting Florida Flight Sports, what were you doing before that? I was in the HVAC industry for around 32 years. I um, did service and sales for air conditioners in Florida. And um, man, you talk about burnout. I was really burnt out. Do you, I mean, so you were doing that right out of high school? Yeah, I went to, uh, I went to trade school out of high school. I made that my trade and I did it for many years and it was a good trade. It, it was a good living, but, uh, it was grueling. Um, oftentimes in Florida, we work six or seven days a week, long days, um, on-call rotation. Tampa is hot to begin with most of the year. Yeah. And fixing the air condition, that's when it happens is when it's what burning hot outside and I remember times you were telling me like you were climbing in close quarters attics. Yeah. The attics temperatures would be 130, 140 degrees. How does someone not pass out from doing that? You do it in short spurts of work. You go up there and work for 10 or 15 minutes and come out and cool down and stay very well hydrated. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, during that time I found paramotoring and I, I was drawn in. Of course, I saw a Tucker video first and then I saw the guys with flight test. Um, Lord to fly to aviator. And that's what really hooked me in. I made a decision I was going to do it. Tell me about growing up. Now, I know you had aviation in your background. Your dad used to fly or does? Dad was flying airplanes. I, I think he had a pilot's license before he had a driver's license. So um, he flew uh, a lot and he had an airplane. Uh, from the time he learned how to drive, he was flying an airplane. Um, he really uh, got me into aviation. He was a flight instructor. So I learned to fly from him, got my pilot's license. Actually had an airplane at our disposal. At, at our disposal, he owned, and um, I could go fly anytime. And um, I did a lot of that. We did a lot of uh, hundred dollar hamburgers where you take off and you fly across the state, land somewhere, have lunch, and fly back. So eventually, the cost of the airplane ownership, uh, along with the starting to get a little bit older, we ended up selling the airplane. I needed something to fly, so that's how I got into uh, to paramotors. I did remote control stuff, drones for a little while. Uh, before they really became mainstream, and then uh, got into paramotors. What was the relationship with you and your dad when you were little? Um, good. When I was a teenager, I was a hellion. Um, so we were um, separated for a little. 
Okay, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. We're going to rewind. I want to hear some stories of the hellion that was. Well, I don't know. In high school, I, I got in with the wrong crowd, you know, uh, you know the old story, how that goes. And um, How does that story, I don't know how that story goes. I decided that um, I didn't need to follow rules at home, so I moved out on my own when I was 17. I uh, moved to Tampa for a while, did a few different things. And, uh, by the time I was, uh, I don't know, I think uh, 19 or 20, I had settled out a little bit and um, came back and went to trade school. And, and really since then, Dad and I have been uh, best friends. We uh, did the aviation, the flying together. We did the remote control airplanes. And now he's very active um, with us. We call him Gorilla Ground because he, he comes and supports us at all of our fly-ins and events like this. He works at home. He's uh, the minister of propaganda, we call him, because so, he's making all of the T-shirts now that we're going to have for sale on the website, T-shirts and hats. So we keep him busy with that. That's good. So I'm going to go back, though. I want to talk about you getting the idea of starting a school when did that all happen you know in the beginning i thought i really didn't want to have anything to do with ever being an instructor or having a school but i started to help some friends some friends of friends learn how to fly and uh then pretty soon some more people asked me to help them and i did i was working air conditioning full-time so i'd work until late and try to go out in the evening and do lessons and do it on saturday and sunday and uh, next thing you know i had to turn down more people than I would like to. And I started doing the math and said, geez, as many people as I've had to turn down this month for training, I would have made um, probably as much as I would have doing air conditioning and I could be doing something that I love. So it kind of took off just like that. Decided to go ahead and uh, go ahead and get my USPP instructor certification and it's uh, it's all history from there. YouTube was a big uh, factor in me getting to where I am today. So I was able to... um, to work with some companies and try out some different paramotors and things like that. So pretty soon I had a couple of paramotors and I was able to open a school. And a lot of my students are people that have seen me on uh, YouTube and watched me fly over the years. I think one of the things that uh, people in their careers find is most uh, uh, nerve wracking is going from a salaried job to like in sales, like my sales, hundred percent commission. That's, you know, you're basically putting everything on the line, the risk versus the reward. How was that uh, that anxiety for you making this switch? It was scary. It was really scary at first. Um, but somehow uh, students just continued to filter in. I'd get two or three students in. I'd get them finished and the phone would ring and I'd have a few more. And it's just kind of been like that. Three years now I've been doing it and, and um, it's been pretty steady. Then I uh, met up with uh, a guy... My partner here, Tony Morales, he was a student of mine, and uh, he fell in love with the sport and, and the shenanigans, everything that we do out there, and he um, wanted to become a part of it, so I took him on. He's my business partner now. He makes a lot of this stuff happen, like our um, our relationship with Kraft Paramotors. Uh, there's a bit of a language barrier there, but Tony speaks Spanish, so um, that really helps out. So Tony's here as well, and Tony, thanks for our, for joining us as well and on Beyond the summit. So, Tony, you're, let's say a little bit about your background. I know you've been an entrepreneur, right? So, what have you done? I've been doing air conditioning for about 34, 35 years. Mm. And just a couple of years ago, I opened up another company that we do spray foam installation in the houses. Where does this desire come from to keep opening businesses instead of just focusing on one? It just comes from my heart. I mean, it's just, 
my ideas that I put together. I'll sit back and just analyze something, just take off with it. I mean, going from air condition to bales bondsman, that's quite a big of a leap between two different types of businesses. Because you will say that, but my bail bond license, yeah, same AC license, same number. Do you have any crazy stories about that? Uh, I got a few. I got a few. Most bail bonds, when they have to go arrest somebody, they like to hit the block or rush the house, like we call it. Uh, I have a funny way of doing it. I pull up at an AC van, dressed up as the AC guy, and I don't have to kick no doors. They let me in. Sure. And next thing you know, I'm walking out with a guy in handcuffs. It's like cheating, isn't it? Cheating. Kind of cheating. But now, now they want me to teach a class on how I do my arrest. Yeah, because I've truly never had a, a bad incident. It's the way we approach it. It's good. And it's, I just make it pretty easy. Nice. How how did you find Rick? Uh, for a couple of years now, I've been, it's been in my heart that I wanted to do this. But every time I come up to it, something happened. For a couple of years, I've been looking to really do this. And I kept watching videos, and I kept watching Rick's videos. As somebody else reached out to me. What was that? I'm not going to name. Make a name. Uh, <laughs> the craziest scenario that you can even imagine. I've had about five people crash in front of me, and this is the guy that I'm going to put my life in his head. Right. Something told me, right. So I went home after that. About two weeks later, I get a phone call from an AC guy. Uh-huh. He says, why don't you call my desk? And we got talking and we hit it off with both AC guys. And uh, I came out to him. I've been watching him on his video, so I knew what I was facing. And to be honest with you, I've been to four different schools. He was the best of the best. Wow. So a lot of people take that credit. I give it to him. Wow. That's awesome. You sure we're talking about? Not right. <laughs> So you, you started flying. When did you decide this is a, a business I would like to invest in? Uh, it didn't start off like that. Three years ago, I became a student. And at one, once upon a time, I, be, I was just a little pet where he was happy where I would go out there and just try a wing for him. And I, I really liked him. I mean, I, I, it's like we hit it off. It was like the same type of character. We both are, you know, we both like the same things. And we got closer and closer and closer. And then he actually, actually, if I can go to one of the shows, which I was, I believe was uh, Sun and Fun, and says he needed help. And I showed up, and I showed him what I got. I'm, I'm a true salesman. And we were setting stuff and talking to people, and it was just nonstop. And then shortly after that, you know, I, I'm sitting on the ground watching things happen. Uh, I learned more on the being on the ground following that I, I can almost imitate him. That's how close I feel to him. That I can almost imitate his moves. That's good. So and after that, it, it was just downhill after that. I mean, it was just the love was there. The desire was there. And he seen that he's with me. I get 200 phone calls. <laughs> it's awesome. It's your passion. That's great. Good. So you guys both share the same passion. That's phenomenal. So, Rick, has the business gone in the direction that you thought it would? Is it growing faster than you envisioned three years ago? Yeah, I really didn't know what to expect at first. Um, I didn't know how busy it would be. So I uh, 
I rented a little bit of hangar space off a friend of mine. We had half of a hangar and we, uh, we did that. So pretty soon that filled up and I rented another half of a hangar. Um, so now we have two full hangars at Wachula and they're pretty much full. So it's, it's growing, uh, since we made the relationship with Kraft Paramotors in Argentina, the, uh, business has grown a good bit, selling, uh, a good bit of equipment, both foot launch and trikes. So yeah, it's, it's grown at a good pace. So we knew it wasn't going to happen overnight, but it just, uh, it continues to build momentum day after day. Okay. Tony is the guy that's behind the scenes that really makes a lot of stuff happen. Like if you've seen us at a fly in, um, you see our big 39 foot trailer. He's the one that put that together and uh, made it a dual purpose trailer. So we have living quarters in there. We haul all of our equipment when we travel on the road to fly ins like that. He's just always, always coming up with something new just to make it uh, better, more fun, and more comfortable. And now he's got me at the motorcycle. Yeah, let's talk about that. So we're here in Mountain City, Tennessee at a fly-in right now. And you guys brought these two cool-looking motorcycles. What's, what's, you having a little change of passion or just an additional one? Yeah, I rode uh, dirt bikes as a kid. I grew up in the country and, and grew up on dirt bikes and riding. So it was, uh, it was always a passion. And I was away from it for many years. So a month or so ago, Tony shows up at a fly-in with a little uh, Yamaha dirt bike, a little dual sport. He said, hey, you want to ride up? Yeah, I guess. So I, I got on it, and it just ignited something inside of me. It brought back uh, just the memories and the fun, and um, we rode it. So a couple of weeks later, I ordered a motorcycle. I ordered a, a Chinese knockoff on Amazon and rode it for a little while. Then I get a call from Tony. I'm on the field with students one morning, and he says, uh, Rick, remember those Kawasaki KLR 650s that we looked at that we liked? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, are you at the airport? I said, yeah. He said, okay, I just bought a pair of them. They'll be there in 30 minutes. Holy cow, are you kidding me? So now we're riding those, and um, we bring those up. We brought those up to the flying with us, and people literally come from all over the country to ride motorcycles in this area, in this uh, the uh, Appalachian area. So we did, uh, we did a couple of rides. We did the Doe Mountain Preserve, which was a really, really rough trail for like, I don't know, 15 or 20 miles all the way across the top of the mountain. We got beat up a little bit, but we made it. We came back, and then the following day, we did a ride called the Snake that is... Um, Two mountains, the three mountains, two valleys, and 489 curves. So it was just incredible, incredible, amazing ride. So it's really brought something else um, for us to do when we're not flying. You know, we fly in the morning and the evening and the rest of the day. What do you do? You can't sit around a Drake all day, every day. So we got motorcycles. We've only been riding motorcycles for a few months now. And we've been going to launch a lot, things like that. After riding these bikes for a few months, we've decided to take on an epic adventure. We're going to ride the Trans-American Trail. I have a couple of students that I've trained in the last couple of years that have made that ride from Cape Hatteras all the way to Oregon, completely off-road or back-road motorcycle adventure. Um, we may or may not be too old for this. We'll find out. We'll give it the best we can and, and see what happens. It will be an adventure. That's awesome. What other, I mean, do you have any other like big adventures in your life besides that or is that enough for now? That's the big one for now. I mean, paramotor is always an adventure. You know, we do cross country flights. It's just, uh, every flight's an adventure. So it just gives you something to look forward to. The, the adventure for me and paramotoring, paramotoring and being a paramotor instructor is being able to share this with, um, people from all different walks of life. Like this morning here at uh, Mountain City, I took a, an 86-year-old retired pastor for a flight. And um, the weather was a little bit challenging. There were some low clouds. 
and he wanted to go fly to his farm so he could fly over his property and see it from above. Well, we had to fly through this mountain pass and there were some kind of low clouds. So we had to be kind of under the clouds and between the mountains that it was a little bit hairy, but we broke through on the other side and did a big sigh of relief and we flew around his farm and he just loved it. Um, when it was all said and done and he landed, he said he's done a lot of things in his life, but that was one of his most um, memorable and exciting experiences this morning. So that's great. You've got an opportunity where you can help fulfill other people's dreams, which is your dream in itself. Helping people. I know you told me that um, you'll take anybody up in the air on a tandem just to give them an opportunity. You don't want let money to be something that keeps them from having that dream, which is phenomenal. That's right. Some of the other tandem pilots are probably aren't real happy with that because they're charging money for the rides that fly us. But uh, I don't want that little bit of money to get in the way of possibly keep someone from having that experience because it literally can be life changing. It, especially people that do come and learn to fly, it really changes their lives. It's funny, David. I've taken up a bunch of people that are legitimately scared of heights, that are afraid to go up on top of the building or, or go look over an overlook or a balcony and. I can't see their face when I'm back there, but I can see their knuckles and they're holding on to the bars on the trike and, and they're just white knuckled as we take off. And then after five or six minutes, that grip starts to loosen up a little bit and they start to relax. Pretty soon they got their phone out, taking videos. They got their arms out like a bird. And it's just amazing. And everybody says when they come back, that was so incredible. It was the most relaxing thing I've ever done, which was, which is just amazing. That's awesome. I remember with my own experience with the tandem, what a great thrill it was to take up my family, you know, my, my wife, my father-in-law, my kids, my own mother and her husband. And, uh, I had the opportunity to take up a pastor who was just, when we landed, he couldn't even move. He was just in so, so much awe after that, uh, taking up some veterans as well. It was always rewarding. So yeah, there's definitely the reward of doing that now. With that being said, sometimes things go wrong. And I could say, is there any specific flight where something went wrong? But I would probably refer to our flight. Yeah, there was one particular flight that stands out vividly in my mind um, as the only time I've ever been scared to death on a paramotor. So would you like to tell us? No, go ahead. You're my guest. You tell this story. At, at the Bad Apples Fly-In at Mac Hodges Field and, um, at America's Georgia, having a good time. And I had been to awesome tandems, and David came out on the field and said, hey, take me up. I've never been up for a ride with. I said, okay, sure. So we laid the wing out, we hooked it up, and uh, either somebody fell on the field or something or had a botch takeoff and went to help them. But by the time we got back to the machine, the wind had shifted, so we moved the wing a little bit. I hooked up the carabiner on one side, and somebody else hooked up. We we inflated and took off, and, and the inflation was funny. It weighed on one side, and I was pretty proud of myself because I saved it and managed to get us in the air and fly along it. So I, I usually put my main brace up to go to tip steer. So I put my left brake up on the magnet. I went to put my right brake up on the magnet and realized that I couldn't reach the magnet. Wait, something's wrong here. I looked and realized that instead of the carabiner being attached to the really strong hook-in point where the wing is supposed to be attached to the machine, it was actually attached to a, a loop and a trim tap, which is not meant to hold the weight of one pilot, uh, especially not two pilots on a big cannon machine. So... We immediately um, gently came off power and went down and landed in a, a plowed up field, uh, fortunately. Uh, but it was, uh, it was scary. It was, a, it was a learning experience. I take 100% responsibility for it because it's my responsibility to pre-flight the aircraft to make sure everything's ready. Not just assuming that somebody else, uh, obviously he had experience and he's a, a pilot. 
Rick is protecting the guilty <laughs> by not using his name. It was me. And it was a glider that I wasn't familiar with. And so where I thought I was hooking in the main carabiner into the to the, the hook point, I was actually going into a loop that was for a trimmer, right? So Rick kept his composure, said, we're going to make a landing right now. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, we'll talk about it when we land. And it was a very nice, smooth landing. And uh, that was the last time, first time we ever flew together. <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting another chance. So I learned to, uh, that's one of my things that's in my checklist now. I say, carabiner hook in portion, uh, you know, to make sure that that's what happened. When Tony came out to make his first flight, we were using uh, my buddy Dave's um, trike, and it had a Polini 303 engine on it. He had had some problems with it, thought they were all fixed, but um, we took off, climbed to about 100 feet, and the engine started to sputter, so we had to make an emergency landing. Um, we just landed on a taxiway, no big deal. That happened to me a couple of times with that particular brand of motor, so that's why I don't deal with those anymore. I'm a Viterazzi Cosmos guy all the way. We have had no problem with those. Probably down hundreds of tandem flights. How have you seen your students' lives transformed by learning to fly? When you hear, this is what my dream is, I'm sure you have conversations with them prior to them going through their training, and you see what their dreams are and being able to soar with the birds. And once they've landed and and then following up weeks or months later with them, how have you seen their lives transformed? It really gives you something to live for. I mean, you really look forward to the weekends and you watch the weather. You know, um, you have a whole different view of the weather when you're a pilot, when you're a paramotor pilot. You look at birds and they say, oh, there's a thermal that's going to be left there. I want to stay away from that. It's going to be bumpy. Or um, you watch the clouds and the, and the movements of the weather. Um, you really spend most of your time on the ground thinking about, being up there and the next time that you can be back up there. Let me ask this question of you, Tony, since you're sitting so quietly over there. Is, you know, flying a paramotor, I've had some experience where I, I've broken down crying. You know, flying over the Mississippi River, looking down towards uh, St. Louis, Missouri, where my dad spent his last 25 years, where he took me to everything, including the, the Gateway Arch, and uh, emotionally crying and seeing that and feeling closer to him. How has flying a paramotor spiritually changed your life? Oh, it's completely changed my life. I, I, it's Monday, and I'm looking to see how fast we could get to Saturday. I can go fly. Huh. Meanwhile, I'm getting to a lot of phone calls from customers, uh, even on the way to go flying. Yeah. They're calling me, is there any way you can swim by? as at the 4 o'clock. <laughs> After I get get it out of my system, you know, it, it's my high. It just changes my life for all completely. Have you had a flight that you think about like that was the best flight I've ever had. What an afternoon we flew in the morning. Uh I didn't know what to expect as I've never done it before. And Rick says, hey, we're gonna fly this afternoon. And my God, it was the best night. There was no wind. I mean everything was just perfect. And we flew and next day I'll chasing him around my power motor. And, uh, of course, I can never keep up to him if he has a few tricks he hasn't taught me yet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it, it was just my blood. It, it was just, we were up there, my wife was there. She said she could understand you know, what we do, why we do what we do. But well, when I got home, just no, I actually see why you guys do what you do. You, you look like a bunch of little kids up there. Just, I say it's like riding motorcycles through the sky. That's what it is. And honestly, the confidence that this big guy gives me, 
he just takes you to a different level completely. It's like, I know I'm a hundred percent secure. He's by security collective. Yeah. You know, and everything he's taught me and, and, and it's, he doesn't realize that when I'm sitting down, I actually haven't flown in six months only with him there yeah. because of the school is taking off. So while they're Saturday and I'm helping with new students, or if he goes up, I stay down with the other students. So my flying time went out the window. Hmm. Only time I fly is when I catch him. And yeah, we jump on the other, other bike together and go. And uh, I'm, I'm truly happy. I've And I've actually learned. And I even taught him. I, 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 I'm sorry. I even mentioned to him, I said, you know, we should take these students and keep them like a week or two on the floor watching it as it goes on and hands on. And you learn so much the little tricks, you know, how to take off, how to land right, how, how, how to just maneuver in any situation. So it's, it's viable. It's awesome. Has your family had any desire to, to join you in the sky? First time my mom saw my video, she told me in Spanish that what if something happens to me up there? Uh-huh. And I joked to her, I said, are you some... At least I'm closer to God. That's right. Of course, she didn't take that as a joke. It's just she wanted to sue the hospital because they gave her the placenta, <laughs> not the baby. There you go. But I do want to touch uh, on one story that is truly pulled my heart. We were in Georgia. There was a guy with a wheelchair. And I'm breaking my soul. I'm waiting for him to land. He's with a, with a client or at least fly. And uh, he's in a wheelchair. And, and he starts telling me he wants to fly. I was just reading fly. I said, all right, little does he know who I was. I, and I told him, I said, guess what? He looked at me as what? You're next. And I really had to talk to Rick. He just get him out here. We had to drag the wheelchair off to And uh, between me and two other guys, we were able to lift him and put him on the chair, strap him in. And when he got down, he actually cried. Yeah. And, and I was really heartbreaking too. And because, you know, how many old older people can actually do this? Right. You know, and, and a guy in a wheelchair, so that's a dream for him. That's a life changer right there. And he says, you guys have been mind blow. I mean, you guys, it's just, there's no words. Making dreams come true. That's why this podcast is called Making Dreams Come True. At Florida's Fight Sports. <laughs> now, there's been a couple of situations where I've been putting, so we get a, every set girl on the front, get these big girls out there, where I'll put my knee in their chest. Oh. And uh, the guy behind her is looking at her with these eyes. Kind of trying to keep a straight face. Yeah. And it's been, uh, in fact, uh, we had one that had a list of boobies that I've been taking to shop around. Because <laughs> the boobies are all over my aunt. Wow. All right. What, at the end of the day? We did. Who's got a better job? You or Rick? <laughs> oh, because he knows he's back to give me this silly grin. Like, he knows exactly what's happening. And uh, he tells me that's your job. I get it done. You know, that's one of the things I want from this podcast is to have the listeners go out and thinking, what can I do to make other people's dreams come true? And that's something that you guys are doing, which is great. And um, I guess that's my challenge for the week is is for each listener to think, what can I do to help somebody else make their dreams come true? Make the world a little bit better. That I've been to four different scoops and talked to about 10 different instructors. I have never seen one that gets so personal as Rick Davis. Awesome. I mean, he really gets personal. If he takes it personal, you're not going to screw up with him. 
and, and he's going to teach you and teach you and teach you till you get it. Of course, there's been more students we've had. There's been help, but we still got getting of our relationship when we started buying these equipment. At first, I'm going to admit it. He didn't want to do it. He was thinking about it, thinking about it, going back and forth. Two days later, he gets a phone call. I get a phone call. He says, man, we need to sit down. Because I'm really kind of liking this now. And uh, we sat down. We put it together. In fact, we talked for about 45 minutes at first. And then we met up at school. And here we are. It's just like anything. We're scared to do something. But you know what? We're here already. There you go. No, I've seen uh, other schools from Florida where as the weather looks, you know, it gets so hot in the middle of the summer, training, they'll take it on the road. And is that something that you've ever thought about doing? Um, I don't know. I, I have thought about it a little bit. It's pretty nice up here in the mountains this time of year. It's a nice break from that scene. But um, we really have a good place to train and to fly there. Um, we do a lot of our stuff early in the morning or in the evening. So we go, in, uh, we go and hide in the pilot's lounge and do our ground school stuff in the afternoons there. So. So let's talk, uh, and we'll kind of finish it up with this, is a little bit of the equipment that you're selling. And if you think about that, let's say there's three different types of pilots. There's the beginner, there's the intermediate, and then there's the advanced, right? Yeah. So with the product that Florida Flight Sports provides, uh, and you've got two different types of, of each of those, you've got a foot launching pilot and you've got a uh, trike pilot. Uh and let's let's take away the the idea. And I talked about this with when we had Kyle Moody on and uh, two episodes ago. So, what would you put a new forget the meters and the size of the gliders? What would you like to see a beginner equipment for foot launching unit or trike? And then, what type of glider do you like for a beginner? And then, same thing for intermediate and same thing for an advanced pilot. But we have a craft unit called the Scorpio. It's a foot launch machine. Uh, it's a very sturdy machine. It's, uh, all anodized aircraft aluminum. Um, they, they take a beating. So those new pilots, you're going to have some slip and fall, some butt landings and things like that. Those are a really good first paramotor. They've been really popular within the school and my students. A lot of the guys have bought those and they're really enjoying them. Uh, then we have, uh, we have some really lightweight titanium frames like the Libra that are, um, Thank you for the little bit more seasoned pilot, super lightweight, but not quite as sturdy. Um, as far as gliders, we do first flights on A or B gliders. Um, I'm really in love with the APCO List Easy R. Um, we fly those in uh, medium and large. They're a B glider, but they're what we would consider a low B glider. So they're closer to an A than a B. Uh, very safe and very simple. Um, we just had a lot of success with those. So those are really our favorite. There's a lot of great gliders out there, though. Every manufacturer, they have their different levels of glider, and they're all very similar, whether it's a Dudek, an Ozo, or an Apco. They all have uh, the different levels of gliders. So there's a lot of good stuff out there. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up here. Florida Flight Sports, uh, you can look them up on anywhere, right? Web, Facebook, YouTube, ppggorilla.com. So if you're looking for flight training, you can do that. Or to buy some new gear, you can do that as well. Uh, if you need to get a, uh, get out of jail and get a bail, <laughs> you can look up Tony Morales as well, and maybe he'll help you with that. Or once you get out of jail, he'll, you know, foam your house and make it completely insulated. There's that too. And if you have some questions on air conditioning, the funny thing is, is while we're recording this here in Mountain City, Tennessee, we're sitting in my, my camper and I don't know why my air conditioning units are not working. And the two air conditioning guys are going, I don't know either. We're just all sweating here. Well, we're recording this thing. So 
there's that. So guys, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Hey, make sure you hit the follow button, ring the bell. Uh, next week, we've got Tim Gaskins. He'll be on next week. He's got a lot of deep stuff he's going to be talking about as well. And uh, Leave a rating too. I'd love to, to get your feedback on what you think of the show. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for joining me on Beyond the Summit next week. Well, I guess no, it's there. Thank you for joining me on Paramotor Life, now becoming Beyond the Summit. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Hey everyone, this is David. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, please go ahead and give this episode a five-star rating. Also, leave a review or any questions you might have for the guests and I'll make sure they get it. Thanks again so much for listening and we'll see you again next week on Beyond the Summit.